Welcome to the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church, we seek to love God, love others, and make a difference. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today as we kick off this adventure. I, I fundamentally believe that this season is going to be powerful. I believe it's going to be transformative. I believe it's going to be a game changer for those, for us as individuals, our families, and for us as a church. And, and I just want to reiterate, reiterate uh, from the video, our, our primary goal, our number one goal for this initiative is not financial. Our number one goal is that 100% of the people that call Life Church their church would engage and, and go on a meaningful spiritual journey from the youngest among us. And so uh, if you have children, our, our kids, our children's ministry, they will be having an uncharted journey. And, and our teenagers, they, we, we have programming for them to be a part of this uncharted experience. Our kids over in the kids building will be getting t-shirts in their classrooms. And so be sure and get yours. All the t-shirts are free. And so from the youngest uh, among us to the oldest among us, and, and from the newest of people at Life Church, I talked to a couple this last Friday night, and their first time to experience a service of, from Life Church was two weeks ago at the Carson City Preview Service, which was unbelievable. Had about 400 people at the preview service in Carson City. It was unbelievable. And, uh, and out of that 400 people, there was the vast majority had never been to a Life Church service ever. And, and after, that, after that service, we had a quick meeting. I said, hey, if you want to learn how to be a part of the, on, in on the ground floor of helping get this thing started, be a part of the launch team, we're going to have a quick dessert uh, in a little bit if you want to come. And, and we had about 50 people that showed up at that meeting and said, hey, we're all in. Most of them, it was their very first time at a Life Church service. So I was talking to this couple just a couple of days ago. That was their first time at Life Church, and they said we couldn't be happier to be a part of our brand new church. And so from the people that are the newest to Life Church to Claire and I, who have been here from day one, from the poorest college kids to the wealthiest among us, uh, from those who have been giving extravagantly and sacrificially towards kingdom causes for decades, to, to those who this will be the first time that they have the joy in stepping into the adventure of, of generously investing in God's work on earth, that, that every single one of us that call Life Church our church, 100% of us would go on a spiritual journey. We have a, a tool that we wanna give to you. It's called our, our Uncharted Field Guide. People will begin to pass those out now, and so those are for everyone in your household 12 years up and older. It's one per person, not one per household. I wanna encourage you to take that and put it in the place that you, uh, we don't want you to read it during this service this morning. There is a place where you can take notes for messages. You can find that spot of week one messages. We want you to place this in the location where you're most likely to read it. We want you to put it by your toilet. And so, um, <laughs> and so put it there, bring it on Sundays to take notes, take it with you to your life group, and, and, and so there's a spot for message notes in there. The first part of the book uh, cast, kind of restates the vision for the Uncharted Initiative and kind of goes into details. It shares with you um, our secondary goal. Our primary goal is 100% of our church go on a spiritual journey. The second, secondary goal is that over the next two years, 
from December 2023 through December 2025 that, that we would receive a total of $15 million in combined generosity to, towards uh, the Uncharted Initiative. That's our secondary goal. It kind of unpacks that in that booklet. And then there's a spot for message notes. There's, there's um, questions that you'll be talking about in your life groups. If you're not yet in a life group, uh, maybe your schedule was such that you weren't gonna be in town enough through this spring semester to be in a group for the entire spring semester. We have a bunch of groups starting this week that will only go five weeks, five weeks for this uncharted journey. And so if you'd like to do that after the service, where the t-shirts will all be straight ahead. If you look to your right, there's an area where there's an uncharted banner, some greenery. We're calling that our uncharted trailhead. That'll be it there the next five weeks. You can get resources there. You can join a group there. And so you can go and stop there. And then also in your booklet, you'll find in there our uncharted commitment card. And now we're not turning these in today. These will turn in together on November the 12th, our Commitment Sunday. But put this somewhere where you can begin to pray about you and your family's uh, uncharted commitment. And all of these resources are also available digitally. And so if you're watching us online, you can scan the QR code and all of these resources are um, available for you digitally as well. But on this uncharted journey, we're going to be looking at the life of the most respected human that's ever lived. You say, oh, we're gonna look at the life of Jesus. Well, well while, while Jesus is the most important human that's ever lived, the most widely respected human that's ever lived is a guy named Abraham. And the thing that's unique about Abraham is all three of the world's great monotheistic religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, all three look at Abraham as a hero. That's what makes him unique in human history. And so it's impossible to overstate the impact of Abraham's life. And so we're gonna take these next few weeks and look at the life of Abraham. And so uh, I wanna begin by us looking at our two key verses for this initiative. If you have your Bibles, go over to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse eight. <laughs> Hebrews 11 and verse eight says this. By faith, Abraham when called to go to a place. Now, Hebrews 11 is what is usually called the Hall of Fame of Faith. It's, it's where these heroes from the Old Testament, the writer of Hebrews, is looking at the lives of these Hebrews and the, uh, these heroes in the Old Testament and talking about the way in which God used their lives because of their faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. That's why we're calling this initiative Uncharted. We're asking God to take us to a new place that we've never been before. And, and, and it's not exactly clear what, where he's going to take us in our hearts. And, and that's what's going on here with Abraham. God calls him to go to this new place, but he didn't know where he was going yet. Even though he did not know where he was going, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And today I want us to look at, at Abraham's calling into this uncharted. What does it look like when God calls us to a place that we've never been before? When God calls us to an uncharted place? See, when we're called into the uncharted, it usually seems terrifying or impossible at first. See, if you think about, put yourself in Abraham's shoes. He's old, he's 75 years old. 
And the Lord says to him, we see Genesis 12, verse one, it begins with looking at his life. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country. So you're 75 years old and God tells you to move. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make, and then these promises come, these incredible promises. I'll make you into a great nation, and that has happened. And I will bless you, and that happened. And I'll make your name great. He's the most respected person in human history. That has happened, and you will be a blessing. See, God called Abraham to do something that seemed impossible. God called Abraham to do something outside of his comfort zone, to leave everything that was known and go into the unknown, everything that was safe and, and, and go into what was unpredictable. He was calling him out of his comfort zone. Here's the thing, no one likes to move. If you go to your spouse and say, hey, what do you think about moving? They're either gonna say no or I hope it's by the beach. But if your spouse comes to you and says, hey, well, let's move, and you say, Okay, where? And then you're like, well, I'm not quite sure where, which is code for we're gonna be homeless for a bit. You're like, oh, that's not what I was looking for. It sounds terrifying. It sounds, and then you imagine being 75 years old and this promise of, being the, 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 of having this descendants that would be a great nation. We're like, well, that's impossible. And then you just think of the logistics of, of, of there was no moving companies to call. There was no U-Haul to rent. There was no pickup truck to put your possessions in. Now they're gonna end up going a total of about 400 miles all on foot just with animals. And it was, it was, an, it was un, now here's the thing, moving's not fun now. If I think of, of my least uh, Christian moments in the last 20 years, 15, 15 out of the 20 either happened at a theme park or in the process of moving. When Claire and I were moving here from Colorado back in the summer of 2005, we had the, big, the biggest U-Haul you can get. We're towing a car. And if you look at my strength finder, uh, you're not gonna find in the top 85 skill at backing up trailers. It's just not one of my skill sets that I'm great at. And so as we're pulling this, driving this giant U-Haul, pulling a car behind it, and we pull into Wendover and which the thing about Nevada is there's a handful of great places and then there's the others, you know, and you drive through the others on the way here. And so we're in Wendover, we stop at the McDonald's there and I intentionally and strategically went into that McDonald's parking lot and parked that truck and trailer in such a way that when we were done at McDonald's, I could just drive straight out. We go into McDonald's, get some very quality food and use the restroom and we come out and now there's a giant McDonald's semi blocking my exit. And, it's, and I say to the driver of that semi, how long is this gonna be here? And he says, oh, about two and a half hours. They're unloading all the Big Macs into the McDonald's. And then I look behind that trailer and there's about 30 feet where if I were to do a 200 point turn, I could probably ultimately get out of that McDonald's. So Claire stands back there and my window's down and, and, and I then over the next 30 minutes had one of the least Christian moments of my life. What, Claire, back up, you got five more feet? No, it's two. And, and then I just start losing my mind in the horrors of moving. Moving's not easy today, but back then, 75 years old, going 400 miles, no moving truck, all with animals. And this promise of having all these descendants when you are childless, it was terrifying and it was impossible. So what is God doing? God is calling Abraham to risk everything. 
He is asking him to trust him completely. He's asking him to leave all other sources of security and family and identity and to trust him completely. And honestly, this is really the same kind of call that that Jesus places on all of our lives. Whenever Jesus called anyone to follow him, he was always calling them away from the familiar, away from what life had always been all about before. There was never a guarantee of where following him would take them in this life. Yet not one true follower of Jesus has ever regretted it. See, really, next steps in our faith can often feel terrifying. Next week, we're having a baptism. If you've not yet been baptized since you made the choice to follow Jesus, you can sign up online. We've got a class after this service for parents with their kids. But when I was a, I gave my life to Christ as a young kid, and, and, and it was, you know, and I was a teenager and knew that I needed to get baptized, but I was just terrified of the prospect of being in front of all those people and, and, and all of that. I was just terrified. Oftentimes, next steps in our faith can feel terrifying. And so when God calls us to a place we've never been before, sometimes it can seem impossible. How can that even happen? Sometimes it can feel terrifying. Here's the next thing. When we're called into the uncharted, God is inviting us into transformation. People always start out looking at Abraham's story in Genesis chapter 12, but to really understand his story, you've got to look at chapter 11. Genesis 11, we see the story of the Tower of Babel, this sort of project that symbolizes humans and our, our instinct to want to be on our own terms and, and to, to, to not surrender to God's plan and to declare independence from him. And so we see this Tower of Babel, we see this kind of difficult, dark moment in history, and, but there's one family that seems to be, be kind of carrying the flame of continuing to, to, to seek after God, and it was these descendants of Shem, but, but what we see is by the end of chapter 11, now they are living in this area of where, where the culture is surrounded in rampant idolatry, and we see that even these, who, who were the ones that had been historically faithfully seeking to follow God, now even they had fallen in to adultery. See, we see the final guy in this line is this guy named Terah, who he has one son, Abram, and Abram is childless. It looks like it's the end. Terah's name in, in Hebrew uh, it shows us two things. One is it means moon. Now, Terah's name means moon, and he's in this culture that where they literally worshiped the moon in the place of Ur. That was one of these prominent idol gods. And so we see this evidence that, that, that the, these descendants of Shem had fallen into idol worship, named, naming their child after these false gods. And then the, in Hebrew, that, this word was also a euphemism, kind of speaking of the end. It sort of had this ominous feeling of, of nothing good is going to come. And he's got one son, and his name's Abram, and he has no children, even though he is old. It looks like, it, it, it looks like the last candle seems to be flickering out. The only godly family on earth has capitulated to worshiping false gods, to worshiping idols, and they aren't having any more kids. And it looks like the darkness is about to completely swallow up the light. It's a very dark moment in human history. See, what we see in Genesis 11 in this dark moment in human history, I don't know about you, but when I look about the last 22, 25 years, it feels like at any moment we're either in a, what seems like a dark moment in human history or we're coming out of one or it looks like maybe we're about to go into one. And what we see in this story here 
this dark moment of human history, we see this principle that it's always been in the darkest moment that God has intervened to change the world. And it's always been in these dark moments where God has most called his people to make the biggest difference because the light shines the brightest in the darkness. But, but it always begins by him doing a fresh work of transformation in the hearts of his people, renewing their faith, refocusing their, their priorities and their passions back towards him. And so really, when God calls Abraham to change location, that's not even the primary end goal. What God's calling Abraham to is not just a change of location, it's, an, it's a life of transformation. He's calling him away from this culture that, that his family has fallen into of worshiping the false gods of the culture. And just like God took Abraham on an uncharted journey, which led to his transformation, living a different kind of a life than everybody else was living, a different kind of life from the surrounding culture. What he was doing with Abraham is he was delivering him from the idols of the culture. And I believe in this season, God wants to do these same types of things in us, transforming us by, by using this journey, moments like this, moments like this uncharted journey, to deliver us from living like everybody else and to deliver us from the idols of our culture. See, here's the thing. We, we don't worship the moon like this culture did. We don't worship the moon, we worship money. And, and we don't worship the sun like some cultures throughout history have. We worship safety and security. And we don't worship cows like some cultures have and some cultures do. We worship comfort. And I believe in this uncharted experience. I believe that God is going to transform us, delivering us from the idols of money, possessions, com and comfort, and finding security in those things, delivering us from living for ourselves and to begin to live for something greater, delivering us from living primarily for temporary things and, 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 and delivering us to living a life that is wrapped up in the eternal. See, when seasons like this for Claire and I have always been great for us. I look back years ago when Life Church was five years old and we went into a season sort of like this called the L3 Initiative. And then I think back seven years ago when Life Church went into a season like this with the Elevate Initiative. And in each season like this, these moments have been great for Claire and I and our family. And that it's caused us to ask deep, probing questions. And that where, where are our priorities? And are we holding too tightly to things that, that really, really don't matter ultimately? And, and are we sufficiently investing and prioritizing and things that are going to matter forever? These seasons have always been transformative for us. I believe this season's gonna be transformative for us again, and I believe it can be for you also. Here's the third thing. When we're called into the uncharted, we are given a chance to join in on God's story. See, Abraham was invited to play a part in God's salvation story, and so were we. Let me show this to you, verse three. I believe of all the promises Abraham receives of land and, and of, of nations coming out of him and of being highly respected, I believe this is far and away the most important of these promises. Here's where it is. 
God says to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. But here's the key part. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. There's a number of occasions in the book of Genesis, just like through the whole Bible, but specifically in Genesis as well, where we see clear foreshadowing of Christ. And this is one of those moments, this promise that says, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. It gets even clearer in one of these moments where, where God restates the promise in Genesis 22. He says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and of the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. Then here it is. And through your offspring. It's that, that, that word's actually a singular. It's speaking of, of, of a singular, or it could be seed. It's speaking specifically of a, a singular person. That person's name is Jesus. In case that's not clear enough for us, Paul helps us see it even more clearly in Galatians 3. Let me show this to you. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. So all of us following Jesus are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles, those of us that are not Jewish by ethnicity, that justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. Here's where it says, all nations will be blessed through you. Of all the promises that Abraham received, this one's the most important. It's this blessing of being used by God to play a key part in his story. God's calling of Abraham, Abraham's response and obedience ultimately would transform all of human and all of salvation history, that he was being invited to play this role in God's big salvation story, and we've been invited also. Jesus, soon before he ascends into heaven, says, go in the whole world, make disciples. He's invited us to play a role. And, and, and here's the thing, the same offer that God makes to Abraham I want you to play a key role in my story. He, he has invited us to do the same. More than we can imagine, more than we can realize, and more than we will likely see in this life. See, here's the thing. Abraham did not, most of these promises, Abraham just saw the tip of the iceberg of their fulfillment. The vast majority came when he no longer could see it in this life. Let me show this to you, Hebrews eleven thirteen. In this Hall of Fame of Faith chapter, it's talking about, it's just been talking about Abraham, and then it says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. When you're living by faith, it means you're not living by sight, which means you didn't quite see all the promises fulfilled. You didn't see all that God was up to in the story. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Here's the thing. When we answer the call, God invites us to this new place, this, this uncharted place, and, we, and he invites us to play a role in his story of what he's doing in the world. When we answer in, sometimes we get to see it immediately. We get to see how God's using us. Sometimes we see it immediately. Sometimes we see it a little bit later in life. A little bit of time goes by. I was talking to a guy right before church. Uh, and he was telling me about how, uh, about a week or so ago, he was talking to his kids at dinner, and his nine-year-old son began talking about wanting to get baptized. 
And then the dad talks to him, talking to him about Jesus a little bit. He says, well, well, son, have you, do you feel like you've made the choice to trust in Jesus dying for your sins, rising from the dead? Have you made the choice that you want to follow Jesus the rest of your life? Have you made that a commitment officially? And, and the son says, yeah, dad, I for sure have. And then the dad says, well, when did you do it? And then the kid says, a few weeks ago at the end of the service, when Pastor Dave prayed that prayer, I looked up at him and, and, and I really, really meant it. And then this dad says, Dave, I just wanted you to know that that, that, that happened and that God's using the ministry of Life Church even in our own family. And, and in, in the last few weeks, I've had an unusual number of occurrences of organizations in our area, churches, nonprofits, that out of nowhere have, have expressed gratitude to, to the way in which Life Church has been a difference maker for them. That last, last year, we gave $50,000 to Destiny Church to help them wrap up their remodel of their worship space. And, and I was at an event, and, and the pastor's wife from there, who I'd never met before, just came up and just went on and on and on about the difference that made for them. And, and then Pathfinder's Children's Ministry just was just went on and on and on about how when Life Church a couple of years ago, you may or may not have been around, they, these kids, it's a ministry to, non to, uh, to the neediest kids in Reno, but they take them all to summer camp every year. And then that year, they had way too many kids and not near enough sponsors. They needed like eight more sponsors to say I'll, that they would, would go with these kids to camp so they could have a camp experience. Most of these kids got really hard lives. And, uh, and then I, so I found out late in the week that, uh, that, that this camp the next week, that half the kids weren't gonna get to go to that camp because they didn't have enough adults to go with them. So you might remember, I got up on a Sunday and said, hey, guys, there's these needy kids that aren't gonna get to go to camp unless we can get some people to go with them. And, and then and they needed eight, and something like 28 life churchers said, well, we'd be glad to go. And so this guy just went on and on and on about the difference the life church has made for, for their ministry. And then I was a, a buddy of mine that's a church planner who, uh, whose church is turning five years old today, Convo Church. Just, uh, I had lunch with him the other day and he just unsolicited went on and on and on about the way in which life church had made a difference in, in their situation. But here, So here's the thing. Sometimes we get to see it when it happens. Sometimes we find out later in this life how God's using us. But the vast majority of it, we find out when our faith is made sight. And I believe in those moments when God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. I believe in those moments God gives us a glimpse of the ripple effect of, of how one act of, of showing God's love to a person led to another act that led to another act and another life touch and another life touch and one act of, of being a part of someone coming to faith in Jesus and their life change that then led to a life change that led, then led to a family legacy change that then led to a city change then led to a nation being touched. I, but can you imagine the ripple effect? Abraham's single act of obedience and then this ripple effect history-changing ripple effect, the vast majority of it he didn't see in this life. And the things we're doing now, these steps we're taking now, we're gonna see some immediate fruit of, of, of how God's using us. Some of it we'll see in the years to come, and then some of it's going to echo into eternity. And so when we step out into the uncharted, what we're doing is, is we're joining in on God's activity in the world, and, and the difference that's made is beyond our comprehension. And, and really, this is both, this idea, this verse here, where it says, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you, and then through you, the whole world's going to be blessed. It's both a prophecy of Jesus, but then it's also a principle of life. It's this idea that we are blessed to be a blessing. It's this principle. We're blessed to be a blessing. 
And God has blessed us as a church. And we're, as a leadership, constantly asking the question of what are the ways in which God's blessed us and what does he intend to do with us to, to funnel this blessing? How can we, now that we've been blessed, be a blessing? How can we steward the blessing? How can we make the biggest impact with the blessing? And so the answer for us, a lot of it in this uncharted season, it, 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 it includes continuing to go all in on just our ongoing ministries as a church to make a bigger difference than ever. It, it, means, it, it means starting the Life Christian Academy a Christ-centered, academically excellent Christian school that I believe is going to be one of, our, one of, if not our single greatest disciple-making opportunity that's going to impact a generation of young people. And it includes launching our Carson and our Sparks campuses so there can be an expression of Life Church within a 15-minute drive of 85% of the people that live in our region. And it includes paving our back parking lot so we can receive more people to do more ministry here. It includes a church and a compassion project in Bolivia where there will be a thriving church in a village where 200 kids every day will get access to healthcare and education and learning about Jesus and have a healthy meal, transforming these kids' lives. It includes us building five churches in India that'll help widows and orphans throughout the week as functioning as community centers. It includes us making a bigger difference in a village in Costa Rica to bring about kingdom transformation. This is, this is this, our answer to what does it look like to be blessed, to be a blessing as a church. But I, I want you to be thinking over these next couple of weeks, what does that look like for you as, a, as, as an individual? What does it look like for you and your family? How has God blessed you and how are you maximizing the ways in which he's blessed you to be a blessing? This principle, we're blessed, not for it to stop with us, but for us to be a funnel of God's blessing. Here's the last thing and we're done. When we are called into the uncharted, a response is required. Let me show this to you, Genesis 12, verse four. It says, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. Is that your experience when God calls you to do something terrifying and big and scary and seemingly impossible to just instantly be like, sure, Lord, I believe everything I've ever known and go to somewhere that I don't know where I'm going, 75 years old, so I could be a father of many nations, childless. The thing is, Abraham could have said no. Abraham could have negotiated with God. Abraham could, could, have, could have said, well, surely, I'm, surely God wouldn't want me to do something that hard. Surely God wouldn't want me to step out into something that obviously seems impossible. Obviously, Abraham could, could have explained it away. I'm just hearing things. He could have just said no. What he could have done is what we tend to do. We say a partial yes. That's what his dad did. Let me show this to you. The end of Genesis 11 says, Terah, took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But look here. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The question that we all have to ask ourselves is, will I leave settledness and safety and sameness 
And will I go on an adventure with God? See, here's what Terah, here's what Terah did. He, he went halfway to the promised land. And some of us, if we're honest, if we look back at the next last five years, 10 years, 20 years, our propensity has been to live in places of half-hearted devotion, where we take steps towards all that God has for us, and we stop and we settle halfway. He, he, he went halfway and he settled, and too often we settle for less than all that God has for us. And, and really what we wanna do on this uncharted journey as for individuals and for our family, as, 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 as we go on this uncharted journey, we are declaring we are not going to settle in, in our own lives, and we're not gonna settle in our family for less than God's very best. We're not going to settle. And, and too often, churches settle. You know, 80% of the churches in America have plateaued or are in decline. The average size church in America has 65 people. It's, and the reason is this, because somewhere along the way, People in a church said, we're gonna settle. We like it how it is. We, we, we don't need to reach our unchurched friends and our unchurched neighbors, and we don't need to reach out to make a bigger impact in our region. We, we kinda like it the way it is, and we don't, we don't wanna do anything that feels risky or uncomfortable or unsafe. Or We, we, we just wanna settle, and settling always leads to death. And, and, and so, as a church, what we're saying is, is, as we go into this uncharted initiative, we're saying, let's resolve as a church that we're not gonna settle. We're not gonna settle for anything less than going all in for all that God has for us. That we're gonna go all in to reach this entire region with the gospel. That, that we're going to go all in to reach and disciple the next generation that we're going to go all in to shower compassion on the least of these and to do as much as we can to touch and impact the nations with the gospel, that we're not gonna settle for anything less than going all in for God's best for us. So today I just wanna invite you to go, to go on this journey with us. A response is required. When God calls us into the uncharted, a response is required. And a few weeks, we'll make our kind of official response to all that God shows us in these coming weeks. And we, on November 12th, we'll have our Commitment Sunday together and fill out these cards together. But, but right now, the response that is required today is simply asking God to take us on a journey like he did Abraham, to take us to a place we've never been before in terms of our love for him, our trust in him, our priority for what he's doing in his kingdom here on earth and seeing people come into right relationship with him, that he would take us to a new place in our faith and in our love and in our passion for his kingdom. We're just asking him to do a fresh work in our lives. I love how John Calvin summarized Abraham's encounter with God here. He summarized it as this. He says that what God is saying to Abraham is he's saying, Abraham, just close your eyes and take my hand. And Abraham, his response 
was yes. Let's go on this journey together. Let me pray for us. So, Father, we thank you so much that no matter where we're at in our journey and no matter how long we've been walking with you, that you're still, you still want to be growing us and shaping us and taking us to new places in our Christ-likeness, in our love for you, that, that you don't want us to stop somewhere and just remain the same the rest of our lives, but that your spirit is working inside of us, your word is shaping us, your church is impacting us on this journey of becoming more and more like Jesus. So God, I pray that this uncharted initiative, that that would be the biggest thing that happens. That all of us would go to a new place in our love for you, our trust in you, and in our passion for what you are doing. That we'd care more and more and more about the stuff that you care most about. And that we'd care less and less and less about temporary stuff that really doesn't matter. So God, we thank you that you're not done with us. We ask that you would be shaping us in powerful ways in this season. And Lord, we're grateful that you invite us in on your work, what you're doing in the world. You invite us in on the privilege of playing a part. Lord, I pray that you'd breathe life into this season, that we'd all look back on it as a transformative time in our becoming more like Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this. And you can also find more information at lifechurchreno.com. Blessings to you.